Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Final hour of this afternoon, Thursday edition. Outkick 360 underway. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We broadcast daily from Sixth and Peabody, right in the heart of Music City, uh, literally right behind the Music City Center, the Convention Center, and Bridgestone Arena downtown. Dan Dockich will join us in 20 minutes. We'll talk some college hoops, but also discuss his Indianapolis Colts as they prepare to face the Jacksonville Jaguars and an opportunity to move up a bit, I believe, maybe a seed or two based on some other results as, as the wild card in the AFC. And we'll discuss his preference on maybe an opening round opponent uh, next weekend. We'll get into all of that and much more. Uh, the Titans, they've already clinched the division. They can clinch the number one overall seed without any help just by winning this week against Houston. Paul, I, I almost laugh when I say that because it should be a foregone conclusion that you go on the road and handle your business, much like I laugh when I think about the Jags beating the Colts. But the Jags have beaten the Colts in Jacksonville every year since 2015. The Texans have played the Titans tough each of the last three matchups that I'm rattling off in my mind right now, two games last year, and then beat the Titans here at Nissan Stadium uh, this year already. Easier said than done against a Texans team that's about to go into the offseason and get ready for vacation and a Titans team that can get a week off with a victory. I think it should be easily done. I, it should I be, but, I, it, I mean, it, but it hasn't We been. know how it goes. But they have played substantially better, uh, what, three out of the four last games here. Um, I, I think they're doing what they want to do in terms of peaking at the end of the year, the defense in particular. Oh, yeah, for um, sure, for sure. So – you know, I would I would hope that this isn't in question. I I'm not picturing many teams going out and blowing teams out, right? You just don't see it as as much in games of consequence. And this team certainly doesn't do it a lot. But um, you know, I, I slam the I, door. I, I don't think it's a nail biter of a thing. I would think it's a 10, 13, two touchdown kind kind of game, and and that's what I'm expecting. Listen, they can they could go into the playoffs here. In great position. We've outlined it over and over about, you know, you're, you're this win away from uh, – one win away from hosting the damn AFC championship game. You lose this and you give all the fuel to everybody that was saying you're unworthy number one. Which do you want? The Titans' keys to victory. And I, I've said this week, this needs to be the playoff mindset for the Tennessee Titans. Treat this game – like you're playing wild card weekend on your way to the Super Bowl, uh, needing this victory to then set yourself up to host the divisional round. That would be my mindset uh, going in against Houston. And key number one, it's been a consistent theme when I go through these keys uh, week to week, but I'll label this in a different way. And, and it's find a way, but I want to see the Titans find a way to do these things in this game. Number one, force a turnover and get an easy score off of it. 
In eight of the 11 wins, the Titans have had a turnover turn into points for their offense. They've set themselves up with points on the board, field goal or, or touchdown. I'd like to see it be a touchdown. Um, in their 11 wins, they have 75 points off of turnovers. Make it easy on yourself, and the defense can help you with that. Number two, hit a deep ball in the passing game. A.J. Brown. Oh, I, Julio Jones. Nick Westbrook-Akina. Hit a deep ball. It's likely going to be A.J. Brown. I'd love for it to be someone else in this game. Um, A.J. had the one deep ball against San Francisco. Uh, but again, get another one this week. A.J. has three 100-yard games against Houston for his career. And he was spectacular last year in Houston in the season finale that was uh, went down to the wire and ended on a field goal. Not even hitting it, Hutton. It's hard for me to imagine, especially, and I understand the weather and everything else, the Miami game, but not a lot of moments this year where I can think of the attempt on a deep ball that was overthrown or, or batted away. It's just not a team that takes well, a lot of shots down the field. That chance that's so yeah. popular yeah. around the league. You watch a game. There seems to be one every quarter with the receiver trying to come back to underthrown ball where there's at least a, a pause in the coverage to see if a, a flag is thrown. When these two teams met in November, Tannehill threw the ball 52 times. That's highly unacceptable. This dude threw 18 passes last week and they won. He does not need to throw the ball 52 times. That is not their formula. They got away from it. He threw four picks and he still threw the ball 52 times in that game. Um, the Titans' commitment to the run needs to show up early and often. And I go back to, if you run the football well, they should get a couple gains of 20 yards plus some explosive plays. They don't need Henry to do that. We've seen Deontay Foreman rattle off a couple. Some of those runs have been called back due to holds or an offensive face mask or something, but they've been there. I think they can hit them this week against a bad Houston rush defense. Zero big plays of 30 yards or more for Houston, and that's really Brandon Cook's but no explosive plays. And the defense, I'll get to that in a moment, they've, they've really held down the explosive plays. Uh, and, and win the game before the fourth quarter. Um, Brabel uh, preaches the idea of taking advantage and win the game as soon as possible. I'd, lo- I'd love for them to set up a situation. They did it last week, for instance, where you go into halftime and you know the game's over before they even take the field for the third quarter. And protect Tannehill. Um, one sack or fewer. That's what they did last week. And the offensive line allowed zero pressures. That's, yeah. fa- that's fantastic. And I think if you do these things, and if, even if you hit, uh, I mean, I think I hit six things right there. If you do three, four of them, I think Tannehill can get some rest in the fourth Sit quarter. Early. Let's see Logan Woodside. Uh, make Houston earn it. And I, I realize this could be literally any football game, but specifically Cooks. Cooks is good, but their collective offense is not. And... The teams here that I want to focus on, a lot of teams have finishers on offense. And I think the one finisher, no matter who the quarterback is, is Brandon Cooks for Houston. So can can those players finish off 8, 10, 12 play, play drives? I don't think Houston has those dudes other than Brandon Cooks. I, I want the focus to be right on him, and I think it will be. Um, but consider that Kendrick Bourne, going back to the New England game, which was week 12, had a 41-yard touchdown. That's the last time the Titans' defense gave up a big play for a touchdown. So they've done a great job of keeping everything contained, even if something breaks out, even with Debo Samuel. They need to continue that trend. Houston is the worst run team in the league. They rank 32nd. Davis Mills has had a few bright spots. I would contend he is the second-worst quarterback the Titans will face this season other than Ben Roethlisberger. 
and they've already lost to Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is terrible. And Davis Mills, to me, if we're going through their entire slate of games, he's second to last on their list. And he's not mobile. Treat him like that. And he's not mobile. So only, he's going to be where – you'll know where he is. The only thing elite about Davis Mills is his neck. Yes. It's an elite <laughs> neck. He's got guys got an elite neck. Uh, key for me going into the San Francisco game was extend drives, uh, control the time of possession. Uh, same thing with Miami. It was the same type of game plan. Continue that trend. Shorten the game and extend drives with the run game. Um, get it – I think, Paul – it's not. I think most fans would think a blowout as like forty-one to fourteen or something. I'm looking at this like twenty-four to ten. Yeah, something where it's it's comfortable in the fourth. Twenty to three. And right, yeah, it's it's not really as close as what the scoreboard indicates. Um, last week against San Francisco, Trey Lance, they had a rookie quarterback going up against Houston's defense. They still could not stop the run. They gave up 119 yards to Elijah Mitchell, who was coming off of injury. Let Deontay Foreman against his former team go at it. Uh, and then the Titans wide receiver duo. Uh, if Julio's able to play, I'd love to see them get as much action early in this game with AJ on the field as possible to get a feel for what they're going to be doing moving forward. We haven't seen that very often. Target him. What is it? Six, maybe seven games all season they've been on the field together? Yeah. Uh, it, it's not that much. I, I'd like to see the passing game uh, when they do decide to pass, when they need to pass, feature the top two receivers based on where they entered the season. And if you're going to, I don't think it's far fetched to think that Julio Jones can. I, I think people are overrating what to expect from him in the postseason. I don't think it's far fetched to expect more than what he's allowed, uh, what he's what he's brought to the table yeah. so far. Nine catches in the right. last. It's eight not games. that much. Uh, so. So I'm expecting more now that he's available and presumed healthy. So with, with that in mind, I'd like to see him get some work. But at the same time, it's also why I don't want to see Henry. I don't need to see much of A.J. Brown or Julio Jones as long as they start fast and accomplish a couple things and get out of the gate and start piling up some points. Get your starters out and get ready for the postseason. I'd say of all those guys, I do need to see from Julio, Julio. Jones. But, because but we Julio, haven't seen a damn thing. But from the problem, the problem I have, pull his hamstring. Yes, I mean he's on limited it's reps anyway, and you, you pop a hamstring and he's done for three more weeks. We know we're not going to get the Julio Jones that uh, a lot of Titans fans were expecting when they made the trade. I think and, we and were they, expecting. They brought him I was in. Expecting him. Um, yeah, me no, too. I think we all were expecting more for sure. But I, I'm saying that's impossible now this yeah. season. But if I had to circle a player on this roster that is capable, and not only capable, but the most likely candidate of stepping up and doing something big to win a playoff game, or that could be the, the X factor that we haven't seen that elevates in the playoffs, I think it's Julio Jones. And that's saying he's not done anything this season, but he's still, to me, the leading candidate of someone who could have a big moment in the playoffs that propels the Titans forward. I was at Dick Sporting's Sporting goods last night as I shopped for all this stuff for my son to be able to be out in the snow today. Racks of Julio Jones jerseys, and I thought of how much wasted money there's been since August of people buying those jerseys and the return they've gotten on their investment. Finally, I uh, last week I was extremely confident against the Dolphins. I feel the same way. The spread's 10. I would take the Titans if you're uh, on an app. FanDuel.com slash OK360. I would take the Titans here. And the reason for that is the Titans defense, they are great. 
They are great at making teams earn it. In the previous win, Houston had 190 yards of total offense and won the game because the Titans turned it over five times. 190 yards and a victory is one of the lowest yardage totals you're going to find this year in the NFL for a win. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, they had three turnovers that set up Pittsburgh with outstanding field position, and they got nine points off of it. So keeping all of that in perspective, I don't think this is a Houston team that is able to line up against the Titans and win a game against them unless the Titans hand it to them. And because of that, and I think they're solely focused now, and play, and Paul mentioned it, playing much better than what they were the last time that they met up a couple, what, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, I would take the Titans uh, big one as, other at FanDuel. One other small factor, uh, Zach Cunningham will play with Venom in this game. I think he hates the Texans. I, I think he hates the way things ended there people that he didn't re-sign to, to play with uh, who released him. And he's playing for a team that uh, he's he scored ridiculously high at PFF the last three weeks. He's going to go down there and roll some people. I I can't wait to watch that. That's an under underplayed storyline. He'll be rocking. He'll be banging some hats. He will be ready to bang hats. <laughs> There's no doubt. Um, and, and again, Davis Mills is not good. They, they're playing this up like, you know, he's... Because he's better than the garbage that they had before him. They, they're finding a, a I, touch of hope in that. I, I can't get past how at odds I am mentally... With his with, neck? No. And I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I, could spend, I could spend an entire show on Davis I Mills' neck. Could. I was actually, I was actually moving on past the neck in this one instance. But I, I am mentally at odds with what Hutton says about... You know, you play this with a playoff mindset in this game, and I agree, but also not playing Derrick Henry if he's ready, if it's a playoff mindset. To me, those are two contradicting things. I don't, I mean, I don't because believe I, it is. I am, I am firmly of the belief that this is their chance to get to a Super Bowl is winning Sunday. I firmly believe they can do it without Derrick Henry if he doesn't play, but if he's ready, I'm playing. Running the ball has not been their detriment. I mean, they're running the ball at a clip that's they're they're the fourth leading rushing team in the NFL since Derrick Henry left. So they're still number four in the NFL with Deontay Foreman as their tailback. I don't think that's an issue at all for playoff type mentality this week. But Derrick Henry, when healthy, is going to play in the playoffs, right? Yes, if healthy, and that's that's the all I'm saying is if it's a playoff mentality. They need a playoff, like a playoff mentality. Game, you got to you got to play your best go, guy. No, they don't. They you take a playoff mentality and go kick around a scrub team for the first time all season. Um, y- yes, with the players that are playing. But if I'm in a playoff game, if Derrick Henry's available, I'm playing him the majority of the snaps because he's my best player. They're not making the Super Bowl without Derrick Henry. Yeah, and look, I, they're going to make the playoffs. I have without said him, that I understand. But they're not making the Super Bowl. I understand Bowl both him. lines of thinking of resting him or not. I'm just saying, if it's truly a playoff game, then you play him. Well, the, I, I think they also firmly believe they're going to win with Deontay Foreman. Well, that's and it. I don't mind that line of thinking they're not, either. They're not facing Kansas City or Indianapolis this week with a chance to lock up the number one overall seed. They're facing Davis Mills, who in his five worst games this season, season his longest completion was 24 yards. This guy is a scrub. Treat him like that. That's all I'm saying. And the defense yeah. will handle that issue. 
24 yards was his longest completion in his five worst performances. This is their chance to, to, to win the AFC. They can tee off on him I, I, with Henry on the sidelines. Yes, and it's a game that I think they're going to win. They absolutely should win, even without Derrick Henry. I just look at this as they're not, they're not running the three-game table in this playoff in this playoff bracket. If they win, this is their shot. Two home playoff games. Paul, uh, against the Colts defense, his longest completion was 14 yards. Bombs away. Last week in a very bad performance, his longest completion, 24 yards. Ryan Tannehill's had a couple games like that. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and that's with Brandon Cooks uh, for the majority of, of those starts. And again, that's also Davis Mills playing with the 32nd ranked run offense and with Tannehill with Deontay Foreman he has the fourth best in the league with Foreman behind him they'll take care of it I, I think they'll take care of it Chad let's go in heavy on this game what are we doing Hudden let's, what's the play what, what are we're, we're, we're going to bet your property what is the <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go in so you know that this land a, that you keep showing us? A, you know what we're going to double the spread well I can't double the spread I, I'm expecting this to be like a 17 to 20 point victory uh, somewhere in there. I I, I, I would highly recommend taking 13. the 10. Hutton I, feels so strongly about this. He's, he's willing to bet house. my children's home yes. on this I, game. The, this is a Abby property. and Lucy don't need a home. That's how, that's how much I think Look, the Titans. If you, it went you take bad, the deed like and you put it in the middle of the table. If, they went, if it went bad, they like tents. <laughs> I don't think they'd like it in this weather. Eh, this weather's infrequent. Seasonally, they would like it. I, I don't yeah, know if they'd like correct. it in the winter as much. So, we were told prior to the show, as we went through the, the guest list and things, with uh, we, we have a producer, Lauren. Uh, By the way, I'm doing it right great now. Great job. Yeah, great. We're doing it. Jazz betting his he property. Got the property. I'm, I'm going to do it and forget about it. And Lauren did it. And I, by it, Sunday, I'm like, oh, I, look what I want. Lauren's up in New York and she says, oh, by the way, Dan's going to be joining you guys from the side of a road. And I said, oh, so it's going to be stranded Dan Dockage. Sounds terrific. So we have stranded Dan Dockage coming up. We're going to find out what January is. January. Uh, we'll get into that. We will get into his Indianapolis Colts. Um, they don't scare me because they have Carson Wentz at quarterback. But. He will, I believe, defend the Colts and their playoff chances and their playoff run mentality. That's coming up. He's a homer. They gotta, you got to get past the Jags, who have won uh, in Jacksonville against the Colts each of the last seven years, six years, uh, since 2015 is when they started this streak. And for whatever reason, the Colts can't win there. We'll, we'll ask Dan why. And we'll get into some college hoops action as well because he's on his way to watch Indiana, to watch his Hoosiers face off against Ohio State. Tonight, looking forward to chatting with Dan Dockich next on Outkick 360. Got USC at Cal tonight. Indiana, Ohio State. About to preview those games with Dan the Man Dockich. Dan Dockich of Outkick.com. Uh, and uh, the Outkick Network, Don't At Me with Dan Dockich. Great program. One of our, one of our favorite shows in the mornings uh, that we stream each and every day. You can find that on YouTube and Twitter by following Outkick on Twitter or uh, subscribing to the channel. We're broadcasting live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, we're going to talk some NFL headlines and much more with this guy. Dan Dockich, who joins us. We were told he was going to join us from the side of a road. We're about to find out if that is in oh, fact true. There he is. Stranded Dan Dockich on his way to watch some college hoops tonight. Dan, how are we, man? Oh, man. I am, 
I am driving. My wife's driving. Oh, okay. We are entering. We are entering Bloomington, Indiana, getting ready to go to the Indiana Ohio State game. Uh, Chris Holtman, the Ohio State coach, is a man I would take a bullet for for how he's treated my family. He invited my wife and I to come. We're getting here early. We're going to get some Mother Bear's pizza and head to the game. What, yes, sir. What is your reception like at Indiana when you go to when you attend a game, Dan? You know, it's really awesome. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I wasn't a great player, but I was here a long time. Got a lot of friends in the community. Uh, known, uh, you know, around the bars here because, you know, I played softball and after we'd go to bar, you know, uh, it's awesome. And every time, yeah, there's always a couple of jackasses. You suck, Duckett, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, no, man, it's awesome. And actually, I, I said on my show today, I guarantee you tomorrow, I'll be thanking the people of Bloomington and the and the, the folks at Indiana because they treat me unbelievable. They really do. It's uh, I, I I always say I'm probably the the best treated bad player in college basketball history when he goes back to his alma mater. Well, and I asked Dan because there are so few people who were uh, big time players and coaches at a program that speak just brutal honesty about the program and the <laughs> team the way that you do. Right? I mean, most people that played somewhere they're cheerleaders even if they're media members yeah. about their alma mater when they were a player and a coach. And I'm just curious if that gets you in trouble with the coaches, players, or the community at Indiana. Coaches, no. Although I got to tell you, Archie Miller and Bruiser Flint, I think, hated me. I know Bruiser did. He's now in Kentucky. But that's all right. I don't need Bruiser to like me. I don't need Archie <laughs> to like me. I, I thought they were so inept that um, they can dislike me. Crean, I was hard on. But he and I are pretty good friends. In fact, he's coming on my show tomorrow talking about football. And Woody, I've known for a long time, Mike Woodson. He's a player at Indiana a little bit before me. Uh, so I've known him. No, you know what? It's really interesting. Uh, some of the alumni get mad. You know, I've had alumni come after me. I've had, you know, I call them the penny millionaires that sit in the first row at Indiana. Uh, they act like they're big time guys. I didn't like them when I played. I didn't like them when I coached and I still don't like them. So they get mad once in a while, but screw them. No, you know what? Former players are awesome. Former coaches are great. The only guy that had a problem was Archie and Brewster Flint, and the hell with them. They can dislike me all they'd like. <laughs> so I tweeted out that we'd be checking in to see if you're still a Colts homer. But before I get to that, I wanted to see about January. Uh, yeah. What, what the hell is it? <laughs> Well, it's a time for all Dan's to come together and get better. Uh, and you can be an honorary Dan. <laughs> we're all Dan's. We're all Dan's. Yeah. We're, we're all in this Dan Chad, together. Chad's been dying for a name change for a long time. He hates yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's not Ricky, that's the only thing that's worse than Chad is the name Ricky. I'm a fan of Dan. Hey, here's, here's the deal. I, I tell people, here's the deal. Simple. I woke up, like, after sitting on my ass during most of bowl week going, man, I am fat. Man, I just sit around and have beers and eat. So I told my wife, here it goes. Diet number 5,622 in our six-year marriage. I'm going to start in January 1st. I'm cutting out alcohol. Hey, Paul, you'll appreciate this, except during wild card weekend. Screw <laughs> <Through> that. <laughs> we're all, we're and all then on board. I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, hey, how about reading a book? Read a freaking book instead of social media. So I'm going to read five books. I'm encouraging people to read books. 
and then uh, lose weight, you know, workout, alcohol thing, and then do something nice for somebody every day. And tell me about it because, you know, we all want to, we all do nice stuff. We all don't broadcast it, you know, but sometimes in this world, I think we need to broadcast. I think we need to like tell people to encourage others to do it, to make people go, oh man, you know what? That's a pretty damn good idea. Like the other day I told, I told my wife, Lee, who's driving, I go, man, I woke up and we got this Nespresso machine by, by our bed. Cause I'll make coffee and, you know, usually read the Bible. But anyway, there was like no Nespresso and I'm sitting there bitching. And I finally <laughs> went, wait a second. What a whiner you are. So I immediately got that on my knees, said a prayer to God to forgive me and sent a hundred dollars to Traders Point Christian Church because I felt like such a schmendrick for like whining because I didn't have my morning coffee, which was like two steps away from my bed. I'm like, that ain't going to fly in the way I was brought up. So just kind of remembering that we all got good lives. We all live in a great country and let's be thankful and try to help somebody else out. That's kind of, that's the spirit of January, fellas. I'm six days behind, boys. Dan Dockich <laughs> with go. us on Outkick 360. He's the host of Don't At Me with Dan Dockich on the Outkick Network. So you're still in love with the Colts. You, you do realize Carson Wentz is their quarterback, don't you? You're killing Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, I'm hanging in there. But I got to tell you, I was at the game on uh, Sunday. I got new respect for Derek Carr. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't a Derek Carr fan. I always wondered why he was wearing eyeliner. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, are you the undertaker? What are you, what, what do you got going here? But I got to tell you, being in Lucas Oil, man, he took it over. In the last drive, hey, he dominated everybody. Yeah, I like the Colts. They're not not to like. Come back, get a win, get in the playoffs. I'm not so sure. And I think Chad said this on my show. I'm not so sure that Carson Wentz is a guy that can go win you four playoff games, though, or at least three playoff games and get you to the Super Bowl. Uh, and I'm not so sure that that defense ever, ever holds up late in the game. They don't, they don't win the game for you when they've got to. I'm not as bullish, Paul, on the Colts as I was uh, maybe two or three weeks ago when you called me a homer. But I still bet them to go to the Super Bowl. I stand by it, and away we go. Dan, can you explain the recent streak with Jacksonville with the Colts playing there? Why have they lost all the games since 2015 in that stadium? Man, there's two things that the Colts have that are really weird. You know, they haven't won a, a, an opening day game since 2013, and they haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. And the weird thing about it is they've been all kind of different games, nine to six kind of games. You know, they've had their starters. They've had they've had opening day last year. They I can't. Um, a lot of people say, and this is true when you coach, there's a lot of places, not a lot, but there's some places that you go where, man, it's just weird. And there are some places where you go where you always play well. It's, it's very, very odd. Uh, when we were at Indiana, as I'm driving through Indiana, we always played well at Iowa. You know, always played lousy at Northwestern for whatever the reason. I don't have the answer, but I do know this. I know this, if the Colts don't get this done, this is this is a career-changing game for many people, a career trajectory-changing game. Look, if Chris, everybody loves Chris Ballard. He's the greatest GM in the history of the world. Yeah, okay, great. 
I've never bought into that. I'm a, if you lose this one, you end up nine and eight. You got a very healthy team over these last couple of weeks. You're going to have a problem. You're going to have a problem with scouting. You're going to have a problem with some of the coaches. It's that big of a game. It really is. And frankly, I don't see them losing it. If you had one game to go to the playoffs, who do you want to play? Jacksonville for damn sure. But I'll tell you this, man, don't lose this game. Do not lose this game or my head will implode. And I swear to God, I think people will get fired. I do. Well, Dan, we, we talked uh, earlier this week on, on Don't At Me about how much we love bowl season, love watching college football. You've talked about how much it's overshadowing college basketball. Now that we're through bowl season, we've got the one game left on Monday night. Are you seeing any uptick in college basketball excitement as you head to a college basketball game right now? Yeah, it's funny. I, I live, you know, we are college basketball, right? And last night, Notre Dame is playing UCLA and I, I'm sorry, UNC. And I swear to God, nobody cared. Like I turned it on, my wife and I were watching now. They got the D-list announcers going there. There's no juice in the building. It's North Carolina, for God's sake. They look like everybody else. I, I hope so. You know, I have a lot of people tell me, hey, I'm a Purdue fan. I forgot they were playing Wisconsin the other night. I, I think you guys will agree with this, man. I, look, we're going to follow it. Nationally, it's going to be followed in in March. But here in Indiana, man, we're, we're supposed to be all into this. And I've had so many people tell me, damn, the Colts and the NFL. Um, do I think? Yeah, I do. Because, we're you know, after, after this game on Sunday, or Monday, excuse me, and after wild card weekend, there'll be less games. People will turn attention. But I, I'm sick to my – when I was a kid, I went on a date with a girl that I couldn't wait to get on a date with when I was in high school. And I told her, I go, look, I'm going home. 10.30, I'm going home because Notre Dame is playing UCLA at Pauley Pavilion. It's on Channel 32. And I'm going to go get a Totino's pizza and a freaking uh, box of uh, Oreos. If you want to come to my house, fine. But my dad and I are watching it. That's the kind of passion that this go? stuff has. I don't – Oh, hell no. Hell no. You see my face? Hell no. Hey, I wasn't that big a catch, fella. She's like, really? Okay, I'll go date your brother or something. You know, that's fine. I, You know, whatever. But I just don't see the passion. I just, Even here in Indiana, man, I mean, I, I just think football has become so big, and I think college basketball has become such a one-month sport. Cal Perry and I talk about it all the time, and I hate it. I do. I think Assembly Hall will be rocking tonight. At least I hope it is. But I don't know, man. I I I worry about college basketball moving forward. I really do. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's rocking in certain atmospheres. There are still live events that are great in college basketball in the regular season. But it does seem more and more like a niche sport up until March Madness where it crosses over into the mainstream and everyone pays attention. I do have a specific basketball point I want to ask you about. I'm watching Tennessee and Ole Miss last night. Rick Barnes versus Kermit Davis. It's 21 to 19 Ole Miss at halftime. And we've yeah. seen this with Tennessee. They could have some miserable, historically bad shooting nights, and they keep shooting threes, and they don't change what they're doing. And I'm watching this game last night, and I'm thinking to myself, Dan, and again, Rick Barnes is a really good coach, obviously, but his players seem to play tight. Uh, and I know every team is different, but I'm watching this group and I'm thinking, 
they're getting wide open looks, but all of them look hesitant to shoot for fear of their coach or for fear of whatever's going on. You've coached this game. You've played this game. You played for a guy who was uh, invoked some fear in his players. How do you change that up as a coach? How do you get guys to maybe care a little bit less about their shot and see if they start falling? Yeah, you know, um, how do I put this? Rick Barnes has never been the guy that has made teams uptight. Bob Knight was. I mean, I watched myself play the other day. Somebody sent me a clip, and I'm like, that's sickening. Shoot the damn ball. You know, here's the deal. College basketball, and and I, I, I said this about seven or eight years ago. College basketball, everybody played the same. Uh, run the clock, high ball screen, late clock, and then shoot a, cl- shoot a shot with two seconds on the shot clock, and it was awful. Now everybody runs the same offense. Everybody runs it. Hand off on the side, back, cut, pop back, and everybody knows how to guard it. And it's horrible. In the case of Tennessee, I've never known Rick to be a coach that people are fearful of playing. But I've also never known Rick to have great, great shooting teams. He's had guys that can shoot. The problem you have now is that everybody wants to be a shooter. There's an old adage in coaching. Player says, coach, I was open. Coach says, yeah, there's a reason you're open, fool. And guess what? The reason is because you can't shoot. So many coaches right now, it's actually the other way. Now, I don't, I'm not going to speak specifically uh, to Coach Barnes because I was not there and I don't know. But there's also another way where coaches are so afraid to tell players not to shoot because they'll transfer because shooting is the number one deal. I swear to God that kids think they have to do to get to the NBA and every kid on Tennessee or Indiana or Ohio State or Ole Miss thinks they're going to the NBA. I swear to you, it coaches are so afraid to tell a guy don't shoot because then what happens, kid quits, he tells the people, well, don't go to Tennessee or don't go to Indiana. Coach tells you not to shoot, and then that becomes a problem. It. I know what you're saying. I watched some of that game. And I'm watching Tennessee, and, and I'm like, found a way right, to win point, it. And they still found a way to win it because yeah, they started getting shots late. Be, right, and and because also Mississippi isn't very good. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. That was an ugly basketball game. But the truth of the matter is the difference in basketball is, is as simple as this, man, make or miss. And so many coaches are afraid to tell bad shooters that can maybe defend or do something else, hey, stop shooting, because that's the number one thing players think they have to do. And Tennessee can really defend. Second best in the Ken Palm Always. rating for basketball, uh, for basketball. But Rick Barnes had a quote last night I want to ask you about. He said, we are physically tough. We're not mentally tough right now. We're very physically strong as a team, but we got to get there mentally. Have you had that experience before where a team is one oh. or the other and how they could possibly play into each other? Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, there's no doubt. Usually when you're physically tough, and this is the reason people in athletics lift weights, they lift weights because it builds your mentality. It builds your toughness in your mind. You can be a fraud. You can be physically tough and not be afraid to knock somebody on their ass. But what are you going to do when you've got to think, jump into help side and be there all the time? I've always said in basketball, the biggest thing that you can do is be a fake physically tough guy let's be honest I'm guarding you you're in your underwear I'm in my underwear we got no pads if I knock you the ref's gonna call foul anyway probably ain't gonna be a fight so it can make guys that are cowards into guys that physically look like they're tough but the difference becomes 
Can you sustain thought, positioning, and toughness throughout the course of a game? Thought, to know what to do. Positioning, to get to that position. And then the toughness to make the play at the end of it. That's what Rick's talking about. Because what happens sometimes is guys' brains drift. All of a sudden, man, I'm engaged in my guy. I'm engaged in battling him in the post. But the ball is three passes away on the other side of the court. I don't need to be engaged in him. I need to be mentally strong enough and smart enough to get the position and then mentally and physically tough enough to make the play. I hope I'm explaining this yeah, right. You're doing there, very well. There is, there is definitely, when you get a player that is really physically tough, really mentally tough, and has big sack at the end of the game, then you got an All-American. Dan, is your lovely wife, who's the chauffeur, does she uh, recognize Danuary as as much as uh, we all do here at Outkick? Every, every month is January. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look Perfect. at look at look at Dan, uh, the alpha, just nodding around, <laughs> yeah, just nodding nodding the head, saying absolutely. Every month is January. Happy January to you both. Hey, what will what will hey. hey. Go ahead. Kaharski, get off social media. Quit bitching about the Colts and read a damn book in January. Dude, I read books. I read books every month, Dan. I'm he's a, very I'm well a, read. I'm oh, a, he's very I'm well read. Civilized. Dan. I went very to, well read. I went to school yeah. for school. You must not have heard about Paul Timber hey. if you uh, yeah. celebrate January. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, you know what they just did? Hey, you know what just happened? What? Oh, we lose you. No, no uh, we were just at a stoplight. We were just at a stoplight at Indiana, and two guys ran up and asked me and Lee if we wanted degrees. That's how easy it is here. What do you want? He said, no, thanks. Got one already. No, I said, hey. I said, you know, I'll take one in business degrees. He's like, hey, yeah. give, me a, give me a telecom degree. Let's go. PhDs, please. Yeah. Dan, I've always yeah. wondered Thanks, what the guys. guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dan. Uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll be tuned in to uh, Don't At Me uh, tomorrow morning. Don't I'm at a... me. Okay, good. Yeah, give us a good, good review. Deal. Thanks, brother. Thank Enjoy you, the Dan. game. Right. Appreciate you. Thank you. Dan Dockich. And, uh, man, he gets it done. He's so good. We got to get more into to where college basketball is because yes. it is trending badly. Uh, there's a sea change that feels like it's happening. I think part of the problem is, we can talk about this in the final I'm, segment. I'm part of it. The, uh, the top six teams in the latest net rankings. Mm. Baylor, Arizona, Houston, Gonzaga, LSU, Auburn. You got to get to seven in Kansas and then Villanova and Duke. The Blue Bloods. It's, it's one of those sports that it's a lot better when number one is Duke, number two is Kentucky, and go down the list. Okay. And then everyone is circling the calendar when those teams come to your building to get a chance to knock them off. Stay tuned. This is Outkick 360. Been a fun show. Outkick 360 on a snowy day in Music City. Big thanks to David Reed for flat out getting it done today. Racing around. Uh, The roads here are just a mess, and it's tough to get around anywhere. Some roads are just closed and impassable, and that prevented several members of our staff from making it to the studio. David Reed prevailed. You cannot keep this man down. You can't down. keep him down. And the four of us are going to, uh, in a shocking turn of events, 
pedal tavern out of here. <laughs> that would be People didn't see that coming. Well, so we're gonna let we're gonna let uh, someone upset. else pedal, and we'll be in sleds. We'll be in a yeah. sleigh behind them. It's That's all right. they need a pedal sleigh. It's yeah. a human Iditarod. That's what we're gonna take part <laughs> in when we leave here. That would be great. a rickshaw. Let's set that. We've up. got a rickshaw, but it's gonna it's gonna carry a sled, and then we're gonna be on that sled. Um, uh, Adam Shine has uh, a, a podcast where he had Aaron Rodgers on the podcast this week. And the quote from Aaron Rodgers about where he and the Packers front office currently sit. He's doing a lot of media. The organization and I, the conversations we've had, we're in a way different place than we've ever been. That's the main quote from Aaron Rodgers that's about to make the circles because this was just posted within the last couple of minutes. So we're going to hear this podcast and this replay over and over of the the top comments from Aaron Rodgers. He said, we're in a way place? different place than we've ever been. That was the quote? We're in a way different place than we've ever I been. Also, not knowing if that's good or bad. I, I also saw a quote from him. I'm not sure where it was from. Tease. The grass is always greener where you water it. I don't think it can mean anything but a positive thing yeah. based on where they were in the preseason or, yeah. or offseason. It is remarkable to me. The guy, I mean, the guy worked out and stayed ready to go, but he did nothing this offseason with the team. And we've gone from, in a decade, we have gone from two a days and offseason regiments galore to the, the coaches barely see these guys. And when they do, they don't do all that much. They do dizzy bat races and stuff. Um, they do that on the last day, wasting an off-season day, and then complain about the lack of an off-season. This uh, uh, take everything aside. The fact he, he did nothing and then showed up and played regular season football, and uh, joined what the week before the season, two weeks before the season. Um, no, he's there for camp, first day of camp. It's oh a yeah, big deal. Yeah, you're right. First day, you're a week before the camp. You're right. Um, and, and the fact that he just. It showed just goes, up and it, but, he's repeating what he did last yeah, year, the, MVP style. I also no, think it's that's great. a very unique circumstance oh, with the amount of the guys he's throwing to that are back. Just being him, being that long. Well, but when you get yeah, to that point in the league, yeah, you know. All they did was add Randall Cobb, who's on IR. Like, yeah. yeah. The, the conversation this offseason was the Packers have not done enough to give him the weapons offensively. And he was coming off an MVP fine. year and he was playing that up. He's and turned rightfully Lazard so, into a player. And he's turned it into. Another back-to-back performance. It's remarkable. The thing that I was thinking while you were talking about that, him showing up, not being there the whole offseason, is, you know, again, this Players Association push for less and less of an offseason, guys not showing up for offseasons, guys negotiating as a team, hey, we'll come if you trim it down to this. And uh, I think a direct result of some of that are these hamstrings that we see. And it's not everyone's Aaron Rodgers. I I hate, I hate, I know you have to negotiate as a group when you're doing that, but the guy in his first or second year that plays linebacker or defensive back or offensive line, they need that. Well, that guy wants to be there. The union's pushing him not to be there because the mid experienced guy or the vet vet doesn't want to be there. Doesn't think he's being paid enough to be there and doesn't have a lot of bargaining chips outside of not coming for voluntary stuff. That's the one power that they have and that that's important to the coaches. And so they'll negotiate between themselves and all of that. But in turn, the soft tissue injuries come 
because that's the time of the year where the guy's probably not doing what he could be doing, what he should be doing on his own, that he could be doing under You're the right. trainer's thing. And uh, I can't remember who told me it when I wrote the big hamstring story I did, but he said, when, you're, when the guy's working for you, you can always say no, or can't we do something else? Guys, we're back at it tomorrow. Bobby Carpenter will be with us. We'll have some other special guests to get ready for the weekend. And then Monday, which is National Championship Day, we'll get ready for Week 18 across the NFL tomorrow as well. Join us for the Friday edition of Outkick 360. Don't block the box so you shouldn't be driving and do lock the locks.